Hey, this is Rap with Nick, a.k.a. Nicole Welch, host of the Real Time, Real Men Only podcast, and you are listening to the Derek Diamond Experience. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! Welcome to episode number 52 of the Derek Diamond Experience for the week of April 6th, 2015. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and hopefully this podcast finds you in a good place, whether it be driving to work, from work, sitting at work. Maybe you're sitting at home listening to this podcast. Maybe you got the day off and you have a three-day weekend. Wouldn't that be awesome? Unfortunately, I cannot say the same. Work is going to be very, very busy this week. The season kicks off on Thursday. And Major League Baseball actually started tonight. I'm recording this open late Sunday night. So baseball is back in full swing, no pun intended. And Thursday at 6.30, we will have opening day at the Wahoo Stadium. So a lot of stuff to get ready for. Uh, Media day is the day before, and it's actually kind of late in the day. So that's going to put a little more pressure on us to get everything ready for opening day. But we should be fine. I'm... I'm excited for the season to start. I know it's going to be a lot of work and it's going to be stressful, but everything we do starting in January is preparing for that day or really that that whole stretch of time. So I'm I'm excited to see what happens. And news-wise, I really don't have anything to discuss, but I did want to give a quick plug to the Nerd Cave podcast, the other show that I'm a part of. If you're listening to this show on Monday, we will be having our first ever live podcast tonight on Twitch. And for those who may not know what the Nerd Cave is, it's a show that I'm a part of with my friends Zach and Robbie, and we discuss nerd culture and pop culture things, whether that be movies, video games, uh, occasionally we delve into comic books. And we just tell funny personal stories, talk about our lives, and it's a very fun podcast. And what's special about it, not only is it our first ever live show, but it's our 100th episode. And not to toot my own horn or toot our own horn, 100 episodes is a big deal because not a lot of podcasts make it past episode 5 or 10, so to make it to 100 I think is pretty special. And through this whole time stretch, we started the show back in May of 2013. We've only missed one week. So I think that's pretty impressive, and I can't wait to do the live show. We're going to be on Twitch. Just search for Nerd Cave Network, and we'll be streaming live. It's tonight at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we're going to be answering fan questions. We'll have a chat room open for you to submit questions or topics that you want us to discuss and it's going to be a lot of fun I've wanted to do a live show for a long time now and tonight we're finally getting to do it and I can't wait to see what happens with it but like I said there's not really any news that I want to discuss on this open so let's jump right to our interview this week and this interview is very interesting because it's with a fellow podcaster her name is Nicole Welch, and she is the host of the Real Time Real Men Only podcast. 
and you're probably wondering, what in the world is this podcast about? Well, basically, it's about men who are successful, not just in their career, but in life as well. And she interviews these various men to talk about their journey and their views on things and, you know, what is a man in today's day and age. We live in the information age, so things are very different compared to how they were, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago and obviously back even farther. But it's a very good podcast. It's very informative and uh, you should definitely check it out. It's on iTunes. Just search for Real Time Real Men Only. But that's not the only interesting thing about Nicole. She has a master's degree in psychology, and she's currently a sociology professor at uh, Lakeland, Florida. But what really jumped out to me was through talking with her over Facebook and setting up the interview, she saw that I live in Pensacola, and she actually went to college and met her husband here in Pensacola. So it was cool to talk with her about you know, Pensacola and how things have changed since she's been here. And she lived in Honduras with her husband for three years. And she has a very interesting story. And it's one of my personal favorite interviews that I've ever done. And I hope you guys enjoy it. So sit back and enjoy this wonderful conversation I had with Nicole Welch. But first, I want to tell you about a fantastic new album from my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. It's called Murder Mystery Night and features 10 original tracks, including their new single, Carne Asada, and Twin Peaks, which happens to be the theme song of the Derek Diamond experience. Murder Mystery Night is currently available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Music, and Spotify. And if you're interested in booking them for shows, like them on Facebook, just search for The Unicorn Wranglers. And don't forget to follow them on both Twitter and Instagram, and those handles are at Wranglers. That's at U-W-R-A-N-G-L-E-R-S. Welcome back to the Derek Diamond Experience with my very special guest this week, fellow podcaster, Miss Nicole Welch. Nicole, how you doing? I am doing great, Derek. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I know I was listening to your show and uh, I was just thinking, you know, she would have, I bet she would have some really interesting stories because, you know, like me, you interview people every week and I'm sure that you've had some some interesting stories told on your show. So I thought... You know, why not? And we were actually talking uh, before we started. You actually lived in uh, Pensacola at some point. I did. I loved Pensacola. I can't even tell you. I met the love of my life, my husband, who I've been married to for 17 years. And I just, I don't know, man. I would just skip class at at University of West Florida, and we would hit that beach and just fall asleep on the beach, that sand. And I don't know. I just missed that small, like that small town, but... But it was just such a. I just had really good memories from there, from college. It was awesome. Yeah, that Pensacola. That that's something that everyone goes to when they, they mention Pensacola. They always go to the beach. It's true because I'm telling you, I'm, I'm in Florida, and the best ones are in Pensacola. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I I know some people who work for the 
the Visit Pensacola group that uh, would love to hear you say that. Oh, well, tell them I will plug it anytime <laughs> they want. If they want me on, you know, any sort of media, I will plug it because I'm in the middle of Clearwater, Tampa. I'm in Lakeland, so I'm in Tampa and Orlando. I'm originally from Orlando. I was born and raised there. So, um, you know, we have Daytona, New Smyrna. We got spring break coming up soon, but it's so not like Pensacola Beach at all. I mean, just the beauty of it. And the feel of it and the, the vibe of it is not the same. So here it's very different. And I've been to Panama. I've been to all of them. So Pensacola totally rates number one. So if they ever need me to plug that, tell them I'll do it. <laughs> so, so you're from Orlando? Yes. Okay, cool. Born and raised in Orlando. Yeah, the O-Town, old Disney World. Nice. I, I love the Orlando, Tampa, Central Florida area. I, I would live there myself if I could. There's just Ever since I was a kid, I've always loved that area. Come on down, man. We'll hang out. Yeah, I'll take you around. Yeah, Tampa's cool. I'm a little biased towards Orlando because it's just bigger and there's more to do. Tampa's too congested for me, but my husband works in Tampa, so I think we're a little tainted because he has to drive there. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> and traffic's not fun. So Yeah, that, that is true. I've experienced that quite a bit. But, um, we'll have Davis Highway and Nine Mile Road. Oh, you know. That's that's not like your major. We have I four, which is always you're literally sitting on it all the time. It's like L A. Yeah, but just growing too much for too quickly is really what the issue is with Tampa and Orlando. So yeah. we moved to Lakeland. We were like, screw that. Let's go to Lakeland and just be in between everyone. Yeah, <laughs> though though I will say Davis can get pretty bad. They were yes, it can. I do remember the days at five o'clock. It was bad. I remember. Yeah, luckily I don't live near Davis Highway, so I, I'm I'm thankful for that. You're good. Yeah. So growing up in Orlando, like what, what were some of your interests uh, while you were growing up? Like what, what kind of things were you into? Oh, my gosh. Well, I was totally into movies and I was totally into music. So I am a musician by trade. I sing and um, I, I write songs. So I, I'm not a great guitarist, but I use it to write music with. So, I mean, you know, Taylor Swift says you only need three chords to write a good song. And that's pretty much what I do. I'll, I'll write I'll pound some stuff out on the guitar. And I, I did grow up playing piano. So me and my brother would get the jukebox, you know, the little, uh, you might be too young, Derek, to know this, but we would have like the ghetto blaster, right? And um, we would literally sit there and call into the radio station and like request songs. <laughs> and, so, and I would make like mixtapes for my friends. I mean, I am definitely dating my age. I am in my late 30s. <laughs> The 80s and the 90s were just the bomb. So that's that was my interest growing up was um, and my family would laugh at me because they would I would always ask questions. I'd be like, you know, well, who is that person and what do they do? And my mom would be like, well, if you need to find out what's going on, have Nicole ask them like what, what the juice is because she will get the juice. And so I loved at a young age, even just inquiring of people's minds and finding out their life story and. I would do it even at a young age. I would just ask poignant questions about people's lives. And I don't know, that interests me. That and music, for sure. So even when you were younger, you liked learning about people? Yes. And it, it, I mean, the, it's still a running joke. Like, people are like, if there's some drama going on with like a family member, they'll be like, oh, we'll get Nicole to find out what's going on. <laughs> like, kind of like, and my undergrad is in criminal justice. So, I, I had I had one time at, in Pensacola, I remember having a, they had like a job fair in the FBI and all those guys came out there. And I remember thinking, now I had met my husband at the time, and I remember thinking, if I join the FBI, like if I go with this and, you know, pursue criminal justice as a career, 
because I knew I didn't want to be a cop or any of that. I thought I thought I might be a lawyer because I love to debate and do all that stuff. So I like juicy, scandalous topics, you know, and politics, religion, you know, the stuff nobody likes to talk about. And so (laughs) I I was um, sex, drugs, rock and roll. I was uh, I was like looking at the FBI and they were telling me all the stipulations that you need. You have to be a certain age before you get in. And they you really had to travel. They were like, you know, if you have family or you want a family, you kind of need to like not join. And so I remember thinking, yeah. And then I remember the lawyer thing. I was like, that's pushing paper. Like if I'm going to be a lawyer, I want to be on TV, like doing the criminal justice, you know, murder cases. And so I knew that wasn't really realistic. So I was just like, you know, and of course then I wound up going to Central America uh, after we got married and, and living over there. So I still wound up traveling. I just did it with my husband. <laughs> Why did you go to Central America? Um, we got involved with um, a little girl who came over here from the States. Uh, my friend is a judge in Orlando, uh, a criminal judge. And actually now he's like appellate court or something. He's like really high up now. But he had met, he had done some medical missions and he's like a great guy and went over and helped some doctors and uh, you know, and he, he came back telling this story about this little girl. And I, I just, I remember like bawling and I was like, man, I was like so connected to the story. And so they brought her over and my husband wound up helping, you know, redo their house so that the mother could come over and she needed a surgery. She was going to like die basically if she didn't have the surgery and they could only do it in the States. Like we have, we really have state of the art medical equipment. Uh, she had our, all of her organs were on the other side of her body. So like her heart was on her right side instead of her left side and like all of her intestines were like her whole body was like totally jacked Mm -hmm. and so um i fell in love with her like we hung out she stayed in the states for like six months i was working for the county at the time with some department juvenile justice program doing probation stuff and um we were going to take her back to honduras you know she had to leave after a while which was really hard she had stayed in the states for so long recovering and she had several surgeries right so we took her back and we stayed a week. And I remember thinking to myself, there's no way I could live in this place. This place is a dump. And so we're like on the plane heading home. We had gotten sick, you know, dysentery, you name it, you know, it happened. And we're on the way home and my husband's like, oh my God, we are totally moving back here. And like, we're going to build houses and we're going to feed the poor. And I was like, sure we are, honey. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. And I'm like patting his leg. I mean, I remember it was on the plane. He was so excited too. And I was like, and I was like, yeah, okay. And literally... Five months later from that date, that was like May, uh, it was the year 911 happened. So 911 happened September. We moved down there in December um, to live. My husband conveniently had lost his job. He had a really good job. And then I was, he was like, we got to go. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It was weird. We just, we were like, you know what? We're young. We don't have kids. Let's just do it. So we went, we wound up working with gang members actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We started a teen challenge program. Um, and over there, gangs are really, really dangerous. Like, um, they make the gangs here look like a, like a joke, like a cartoon. Um, so over there, it was very politically heavy. Um, they were dismembering bodies and putting political messages on them and putting them around the, the, the town, the center of the town. And, uh, there was issues with the president and the gangs. The gangs were basically trying to take over governmentally wise. And wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. We were the only, we would actually kidnap these guys in town and drag them to this farm out in nowhere and just rehab them and then rise them up as leaders and have, and then just get people who wanted to leave the gangs. They would call, they would call us and we would go get them. And um, it was crazy. 
and I just remember thinking we were the only program that mixed um, anybody listening uh, the DAC Ocho, which is the 18th Street Gang, and the um, Mata Salatrucha, which is like MS. It's like one of the biggest gangs, if, if anybody knows, in Chicago here, um, Chicago and New York. They're huge in California. And so we were the only ones that would mix them. And it was crazy. And just some of the stuff that, you know, we learned working with, with the boys there. They were our boys. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Kind of led me into doing the podcast real time, real men only. That sounds like it would make for a really good movie. Oh, it would totally make for a great movie. Yes, that's, fact, that's insane. I've actually talked about that. We've talked about doing like a crazy movie where like these twins get split and one of them joins the gang in Central America and the other one goes to the states. Oh yeah, we should talk. We should totally write it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, we'll, well, we'll we'll talk about that off the air so no one steals yeah, it. Yeah, nobody steals the idea. Yeah. Right. So, ha- how long did you guys live in Central America? Uh, three years. Three years. Yep, we were there three years. And coming back was actually harder than going there. Like when I went there, I was in major culture shock. We didn't speak the language. Um, so we kind of immersed ourselves there. We did a lot of feeding programs, built houses, but then we wound up getting really involved with Teen Challenge and the gangs and helping them. But then when we came back, we just felt like. It was really weird. Um, like our third year, we just we were working so hard. I mean, really hard. We were kind of burning out a little bit. And yeah. uh, I felt in my heart like we should come back for a little bit and just kind of regroup. And I mean, we had people supporting us. It wasn't like we didn't, you know, we weren't like starving or anything. But um, I, I just I remember saying it to my husband. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we should we should go back and just see what see what's going on. So we did, and I'm glad we did. Um, you know, and that's when we started a family later on, a couple of years later. And right, it was right. hard, though. It was hard coming back because you come back to the States, and over here, everything's about yourself. So everything's about promoting yourself, and uh, everybody's independent. And see, over there, we were so immersed and so used to community and people relying mm-hmm. on each other. And, you know, oh, you need my car, take my car, and oh, you need to stay at the house, sure, stay as long as you want. And over here, like, nobody even talks to their neighbors. So it was really weird when I got back. I was having major um, – I was really struggling because I was like, this is crazy. I was having trouble relating to my own people, per se. Like, that's how that's how connected we became. That's how relationship-orientated uh, third-world countries are. It was crazy. Well, I mean, being gone for so long, you know, you're so used to this completely different culture. And then when you come back, it was it was probably a culture shock coming back to the States. Absolutely. It was total. Everything moves so quickly. I mean, over there, you know, you're kind of on island time. Everything's slower and um, you just get used to it. And and everything's relationship based. And um, and so when I came back here, I was like, oh, my God, like your self-worth is based on what you do mm-hmm. and how fast you do it and you better produce or else you're a loser. And I was like, wow, this, this is weird. It was like and it really showed me, though, how much um, living overseas. And I, I just read a blog somebody posted. It was awesome. And it was just saying living living abroad, what it will do to you. And one of the things was it will change you internally forever. And I was like, that is so true. Like it just does. There's something that shifts in your paradigm or your thinking that mm-hmm. you'll never go back to being the same again. Like, I'm so glad we did it. I, I would never, if anybody's thinking, listening right now, thinking to go abroad and study, I tell everyone I meet, do it, do it now. I don't even think about it. who cares if you don't just go do it. <laughs> <laughs> like go live in another country for a year, six months, whatever you need to do a month, you know, 
just for the experience. It, it really makes you more rounded as a person. Yeah. I actually have a good friend of mine who's currently living in South Korea as an English teacher, and he's been there for around a year. Yeah, I'm a little fascinated with the whole South North Korea thing. I'm yeah, I, I am too. I haven't, I haven't well, asked him about it yet, but... We you know, should go over there and do a documentary and like go across the border and risk our lives. Oh, yeah. hey, <laughs> you, you make the call and I'll do it. I love it. I love it, Jared. <laughs> I love that you're that tenacious. I mean, that's, I guess that's why people love me, or at least that's what my friends say. There's like, you know, whatever, be like, hey, let's do this. And I'll be like, yeah, absolutely. Let's, See, let's do it. Yeah, that's... If anybody's listening, that is a total uh, turn on for a woman, well, at least for, for me, at least, that somebody can really just be spontaneous and go and be courageous, even if you even if you fail, even if it's a total wash, like just I think living life is about experience. And, and that really says a lot about you and your friends, because you're willing to go out and do that. And especially as a filmmaker, you could totally just go out and freaking video the crap but, out of your experiences. <laughs> but what's funny is I wasn't always like that. Like I was actually very, yeah. very shy as, you know, a teenager and even into my early twenties. But, you know, with my job and the friends I have now and doing this podcast and I, I've credited this podcast for actually helping me with my social anxieties is that it, yeah. it for, it forces me to be sociable. It's not like, well, you know, yeah, you may talk with this person or you may not You'd be like, no, you set this up. You will talk to that person. Yes. And podcasting opens up so many doors socially and and within your network. It's amazing. I mean, anybody who's listening that wants to start a podcast, they should just do it because uh, podcasting for me has just been an incredible journey. And it's so easy to do. Oh, yeah. People like get so intimidated by it. And I'm like, no, like me and my husband are like, oh, my God, we'll help you. We'll help you set it up. And we give you like the cheapest version of how you can do it. I mean, it's so easy. You can get a cheap USB microphone that yep. records decent audio, and you can download Audacity to edit, which is free. Yep, exactly. And it's free to put on iTunes. So Exactly. Yeah, people people that I talk to about podcasting, they'd be like, they act like it's this really challenging task, but I'm like, it's really not. All, all you need is a topic, a name, and the right equipment. That's I really all you need. There, I think a lot of people are either perfectionists or they're so scared to put stuff out there. It's almost like blogging, but it's like blogging on steroids. So they're a little scared. They're more scared because, like you said, they have to socially interact and socially, you know, it's it's they know you more because, you know, I'm hearing your voice on the Derek Diamond show. Like I'm hearing who you are and understanding more about you when I hear you. And so you can't really hide behind a blog. Um, yeah. you, know, you could go to a video, but but which is a little more, you know, they can see you and everything. But I think it's daunting to people because they think, oh, my God, what, you know, what if I make a mistake? And I'm like, honey, you can edit. It's fine. It's <laughs> Sometimes half the fun is making the mistake. Oh, yeah. Because that's the only way you learn. Exactly. The, the best way, and I, I've, learned, I, I've learned this through doing that, the best way to do something like this or even with film stuff is just to go just out and do, do it. it. Yeah, and we tell people that. I, I do a lot of public speaking, and I'll say, man, just hit the publish button. Because I'll hear people say, well, I, I re-recorded my intro like 20 times. And I really preach against perfectionism, at least when it comes to podcasting. I think filmmaking is a little different. But when it comes to podcasting, I'm like, you know what, man? This, I, I enjoy it so much. I'm like, people just need to hit publish and just do it. Like, you're exactly right. You get better the more you do it. It's like playing an instrument. The more you practice, the better you get at it. So just do it. Yeah. 
Speaking of your podcast, uh, you said it was called Real Time, Real Men Only. That's right. What gave you the inspiration to do it, and what is the show about? Um, what gave me the inspiration to do it? Probably me and my husband would kick it around a lot. We would talk, and um, we would we would see a lot of things in business. We started our nonprofit when we went to Honduras called Servant's Heart, and we would see a lot with you know there were ministries down there or people working down there. And we would see a lot of um, not authentic stuff, you know, like really, I mean, if people only knew what goes on <laughs> in third world countries with Americans, like me and Gavin's joke was, and this sounds terrible to say on air, but I'm going to say it, um, was like, well, the people that can't hang in the States go over to other countries so that they can get away with stuff that really they shouldn't be getting away with. So like we would see stuff that was just kind of crazy and, um, you know, working with Teen Challenge guys, you know, these guys had murdered people. They had been through hell. It was like, you know, it was like really seeing what makes a real man. And I would sit there and think about that. And then we started a drilling business when we came back here for sinkhole investigations. We have a lot of sinkholes in Florida, especially down here, down south, where yeah. the farming and stuff is. I don't know how it is in Pensacola, but I know well, there is some in Pensacola. I do know, but not maybe not as much down, down um, as down here. But um, and so I'm working with these, I've got these employees and I'm all of a sudden finding myself managing, you know, we're making really good money and I'm managing these really young roughnecked, you know, they've never been to school and they're very country and they're very, they don't like to listen to a woman telling them, you know, so I'm thinking, man, I need to come up with a better way to deal with these guys. Cause you know, the typical, I'm a woman, I'm the boss, I'm going to tell you what to do. That really isn't working, you know, for them. So I would just really get to know them and build a rapport with them and relationship and just really uh, find out how to motivate them and use like a lot of my psychology. I went and got my master's in psychology and had become a therapist. So I just really, I was fascinated by how these young men just really didn't have a clue about masculinity, you know, and, and what being a real man is about. Now, some of them did, um, you know, they had areas in their life where they really brought it, but other areas, they just didn't. And so I was really fascinated by that. And me and my husband would talk about it a lot. And I mean, finally, he started his real estate show. Uh, so he podcasts as well, The Real Estate Loop. And he was like, Nicole, you should, you should do a show. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I, I kind of wanted to, you know, I thought maybe I'll do it about relationships or psychology or something. And he was like, no, you, you, should, you should just focus on, on one thing, like really narrow it down, like focus on. And I was like, well, what if I'm a female you know, host and I just only interview men and just and really put that in the name so that people are like, what do you mean she's the, she's the host and she, it's only for real men? And people really freak out when they hear that term, real I, men. I was, I was curious about that myself, actually. <laughs> what were you curious about, Derek? What a real man is? Well, that, <laughs> How do I find my guess? That to, basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I got into entrepreneurial world and, you know, with our business and then in the internet world and I would start to see uh, posers, you know, that were looking like they were making money and they would drive the Mercedes and the, you know, whatever, the BMWs and stuff. But they really didn't have uh, like what I would consider like a real man's, you know, like just embodiment. And so... They were kind of like just posing so that they could look like they were, you know, just doing it well. And, and they were making money, don't get me wrong, but they didn't have the character behind it. And so it made me really think, I want to interview guys that 
are entrepreneurs or starting up or maybe very successful and they've been through some stuff. You know, they've been through some life experiences. Maybe they've traveled or maybe they've uh, had a family at a young age or maybe they've been divorced and, you know, realized how working, you know, 100 or 80 hours a week, you know, cost them their wife and children. And so I, it just really, I wanted to embody that and kind of get a lot of different perspectives of what it's like to kind of be a man in this world today and um, work a business or start something, follow your dreams and your passion. And really, I boiled it down to living a powerful life, like really um, taking responsibility and choosing yourself and then, you know, loving yourself so you can love other people and really being uh, understanding people and business. And so I really kind of honed it down to that. And then I don't know, I, I am actually picky about who who I, I interview and who I get on. And I've had, I've learned along the way, like what me and you were talking about earlier before we started recording, like how much you just kind of learn about the interview process. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get people on there and you're thinking, oh my God, this isn't the, what I thought. Or <laughs> you're kind of like, you know, but it was cool because I really wanted to hear these men's hearts and what they struggled with and what they felt was successful for them. And um, you know, kind of just their story and how it defines masculinity in our society. Plus, I teach at the college here locally in Lakeland, um, Florida Southern College. And I, I deal with a lot of young 19, 20 year old guys who, you know, are, are questioning that, like, what am I going to do with my life? And what about relationships? And how do I handle, you know, aggressive women? Or how do I handle, you know, my passivity? Or, you know, there was just issues that I would see. I teach sociology. And so I would see that this coming up and we would talk about issues like that. And uh, it just really made me think, you know, I'm, I am going to do this show. And I, I put off my launch date for a while. And then finally, Gavin, my husband, looked at me and said, you know what, just do it. And so I did. I was like, you know what, I'm going to I got a couple in the can. I'm just going to launch. And I did. I totally did it. Unprepared, very unprofessional. I mean, looking back, I probably would have done a little things different, but I just launched it. I was like, screw it. I'm just going to you know, aim, fire and shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, I've tweaked it along the way and learned um, what not to do and what to do. And so it's been good. That's what's cool about this whole process is it can turn into something different. Like at the, at the heart of the show, it can still be the same, you know, topics yes. and everything. But you fine tune things as as you go along. And that's that's kind of the cool thing about podcasting is it's really like, an informal discussion. At least those are the shows that I really like. Cause yes. po- and I've said this, I don't know how many times on this show on the nerd cave or any other show I've been on. Podcasting is great for mundane tasks like, you know, doing laundry or doing dishes or driving. You can just, you know, plug it into your radio or put your earbuds in and just listen. And I, and I think your, your show is very fascinating because as I mentioned before, I looked at the title and I, and just from the title alone, it intrigued me. And, you know, now and now I listen to it. So but it's 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 very, very good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm interviewing you. I actually do enjoy the show. Thank you so much, Jerry. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I I do get a lot of good feedback. And, um, you know, and I'm niche, you know, I I have loyal, loyal listeners and I I don't get hung up and, you know, screenshot, you know, oh, I got a million downloads today. You know, I, I just I'm not into that. That's not why I'm podcasting. I'm podcasting because I truly, truly love I love it. So, yeah, yeah, same here. Because there, there are some that you know will 
say not do as well as I hoped or some that will do way better than sure, I hoped. But really, but really when it comes down to it, I want to interview people that I think have interesting, fun stories to tell. Well, and I'm doing it really selfishly for me. I'm so enthralled with these people that I'm interviewing. Partially with me too, yes. Yeah, like I don't really, I'm not doing it to get the numbers or monetize or do, I mean, I would like to, you know, monetize and get great numbers. That's not something I don't want, but that isn't my motive behind why I do it. Yeah, yeah, same here. Because I, I can remember even when I was a kid, I my favorite books to read would be autobiographies. Yes. I, I just, I loved, not not necessarily, you know, just, the career itself, which I think is fun to hear about, but say yeah. the, the journey to the career. Why did you choose that path? What happened along that path? You know, why did you do this instead of that? Why did you go left instead of right? So well, it's, it's little little details like that are very yeah, fascinating. Yeah, I mean, you are definitely, you know, you're a filmmaker and I'm, you know, I, I, I will say deep down my secret would be to write a screen you know, screenplay or some something, you know, eventually one day or, or something to a movie. I always, whenever I public speak, I co- correlate things to movies. And I just think it's about storytelling. I really think it's about everybody has a story and a journey. We're all on this journey in life. And I, I think when you can really showcase that in someone, it's awesome. You know, it's powerful. I mean, that's what I think. Your story is powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who, who have been some of your favorite guests that you've had on your show? Oh my gosh, hands down, Steve Sims has been one of my top, top favorites. I don't know if you listen to it, but he's really, really um, got an amazing business called Bluefish, and it's a luxury concierge service. So he has like really incredible stories where he makes like really amazing things happen for people. Now, granted, they pay a pretty penny. You know, he's got a membership and he's very exclusive and high and elite. And, but to hear a story of how he got into it is amazing. And then just to hear his heart and what a like humble guy he is, I, I was like blown away. Like we had the best time. I actually sent him. I sent him a gift. Like I was just like so blown away by him. And he lives in Hollywood, California. You know, he's he goes to the Oscars. He gets people in, and you know, has them dining and has Andre Bocelli singing for them. And he he does these really cool, almost like bucket lists. You know, he, he creates very amazing experiences for people, and they pay money, you know, to do it. But it's just a neat – I was so intrigued and fascinated by the actual business that he did. And um, I just felt really led to interview him. And, man, when we did, it was, it was so amazing. I loved it. I, I loved it. And then just recently I interviewed Ted Rice, who um, actually had a kind of a horrific story. His, his younger brother was in the news in, in Miami, I believe, um, was murdered, kidnapped, like dismembered. And, you know, he had to go through oh, wow. this. Yeah, it's kind of an amazing story, actually. I remember like looking it up before I interviewed him, and I was thinking, "Holy crap!" And like, and then his mom was like schizophrenic, and you know, died at fourteen. Then his sister killed him herself. I mean, just horrid, you know. And just to hear how he triumphed out of this, and just what he's doing now in the fitness niche, and um, really in the personal development niche too. He's really just changing lives. I have personal friends that know him well and our clients of him and just you know i was like man i gotta interview this guy and i yeah. had met podcast movement too briefly because he has a a podcast called the man project and at the time it was called the alpha man project so i, I will admit i kind of judged it. i was like alpha man like really like what what's that all about but then i thought no i need to connect with him <laughs> so, <laughs> so we wound up you know doing a he actually interviewed me which hasn't aired yet but it was amazing. We talked about relation. It was we got like hardcore deep 
And uh, he, he even told me today, he's like, I'm so psyched to, you know, air your show where I interviewed you. I was like, yeah, because I just aired his on Monday. But yeah, those two recently have been amazing. But I've had, gosh, I've had so many that I just love. I just love it every time, really. I, I really can't say I've had major bomb ones at all. I mean, I really can't. I, I just have loved everybody that I've interviewed and been yeah. really appreciative of it, you know. Um, I like the value ones, like marketing. I, I interviewed Brian Horn with Authority Alchemy, and he talked a lot about marketing and um, gave some really good insight on the psychology of marketing and positioning yourself as an authority and not having to be an expert, but just really being an advocate and an educator. I was like, wow. So just hearing new things, too, yes. it, like, hearing something novel and intriguing and fresh uh, is amazing. And where do you get that? I mean, you can't get that on the radio Sometimes you don't get that on TV. It's like podcasting's where it's at. I, don't, I mean, people need to realize that. <laughs> I, I wish podcasting was a little bit bigger than it is. And I think eventually it will be. Oh, I think it totally will be. I th- it already is getting bigger than what it yeah. is. And, and I, I agree with you. I think it will totally will be in the years to come. Yeah, because I, I remember being introduced to podcasts. I think it was in like 2005, 2006. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I remember uh, the first podcast I ever listened to was a uh, like I, I grew up a huge pro wrestling fan, so mm-hmm. that one of the shows I listened to was this group of guys who would talk about wrestling, and what was appealing about it was it wasn't like you know your goofy morning radio show or your sm- right. like you know smooth jazz like night uh, show host or whatever. It was just five guys that sat around and talked. And that was the appealing thing about it. And ever since then, I've been a huge podcast junkie. That is awesome. Yeah, I actually, uh, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say I have friends that like listen to it, like you said, like 05 and 06, and I would have never known about it. I mean, even now, I'll ask people in Lakeland, I'll say, oh, I, I podcast you. Do you know what that is? And some people will kind of smirk and be like, yes, Nicole, I know what that is. But some people are like, no, what is that? Yeah. I've never even heard of it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but I actually really didn't start getting into it until my husband did. And he had this long commute. He kind of has like the John Lee Dumas story where, you know, he had this long commute and he would just start downloading podcasts and eating mm-hmm. them. I mean, just listening to tons of them during the day. And so that's what got me into it. He's like, Hey, you should listen to this podcast. It's about this and this, and you'd like it. And I was, I was like, okay. And then that's, that's what, and I'm so thankful because I can't tell you what I learned business wise, you know, being, being a, a coach and a, an advocate for people and, personal development and in business, how much it's helped me listening to stuff. It's like literally having like a university in your, in your ears. Right. Are there any like specific podcasts that you listen to, uh, currently? Um, I am a huge, and I don't know if you've ever heard of him, James Altucher fan, like huge. No, I've never heard of him. (laughs) You haven't really? I have not. Okay. So he does the James Altucher show and he does ask Altucher. So he has two. And Ask Altucher is so good because it's like 15 minutes, but it usually is like, it's usually like an interesting question. He he basically has people text him. He used to work on Wall Street. He was like, worked at HBO actually. So he knows a lot about like, he'd have to go to like three in the morning and go interview people for HBO. Like uh, his writing is just amazing. He's written a lot of books and, um, you know, he's made millions and lost millions. And he's just by far one of my, he's funny He's a great writer. He's kind of like a nerd, but yet he's cool. He's got like all the embodiment of, you know, 
And he just, I mean, he'll interview like Julio, then he'll interview like the biggest top, you know, the, the best uh, video YouTuber. I forget the guy's name, but it was awesome. Like I remember Googling the guy and just reading all these books that he recommended. Um, so he's very diverse, but he's definitely in the personal development niche, but in business too, because the guy's got like mad business skills. So I listen to him. I listen to Freakonomics. Um, I listen to some funny ones. I can't remember their names. My husband tells me like, listen to this couple, like, you know, and they'll just be like comedians. They're, they're like laughing and making jokes. So I, I definitely like a lot of comedy in my life. I, I have to be laughing because I think that adds such value. Oh, Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I don't really listen to like serious. If if they're like boring in the beginning, I I pretty much check out. Like I'm just like, no, this is too cheesy or too serious for me. So um, I'm trying to think of Authority Alchemy. I definitely listen to Brian Horn. They they give really good business tips, and then but I like comedy business. Um, I I don't listen to Serial. Have you listened to that one? It's about like this this case, this murder case or something, and it. it it went viral. Like it was some huge podcast that people rant and raved about. I, I have yet to watch it, so I don't know or listen to it. Yes, but, I, I have listened to it. It's very, very good. It is it okay? Yeah, I mean, yeah it's, it's great. Really yeah, yeah. What What's cool is it's just one big story that's split into I think it's fifteen episodes. Okay, and it, it's based off a real uh, murder that happened oh, back see, in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, it's based off a true story. So that's kind of juicy. I might, I might have to listen to it. I've been watching House of Cards on Netflix, which is a uh, total, you know, I think the writing in it is amazing, like Kevin Spacey, but I, I don't think it's as great as everybody's saying it is, but I'm hooked. Like, I literally am still coming back. <laughs> no lie, one of my Nerd Cave co-hosts is absolutely in love with that show. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm in love with it, but I will say there's some... BA writing, like there's some badass writing. Like the the writers, I'm thinking this is classic. This is amazing. And and to get Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright in there, you yeah. know, couldn't you couldn't get anyone else in there to do it. And so I'm a little impressed. I'm so kind of blown away by that that I'm just hooked. I'm like, okay, well, I kind of have to watch it. But it seems to be getting a little bit dark. I'm very in the beginning. I literally everybody was watching and I finally caved. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it out. I'll just try it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't jumped on that bandwagon yet, but Whenever I get time, I do want to watch at least the first episode to see, you know, what I think of it. Yeah, watch the first episode. I totally want to pick your brain after you. Because I do want to talk to people about it. Like, I have been talking to people about it. And I want to hear what they think about it. Because I don't think it's as great as everybody's making it out to be. But I also don't think it's bad either. Right. Yeah, I I think the whole original Netflix series thing is great. Even though I haven't really watched any of them yet. But I, I do think that that's a really good idea and I, I think that's eventually where TV is going to go. Oh, I totally at, think at some point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't watch a lot either to, just to clarify that. I um you know, when we used to have cable, we were dorks and watched documentary and history channel, but now we don't have cable, so it was like, okay, well, what's on Netflix? You know, we watch comedy stuff. But then other than that, I was like, huh, maybe I'll get into this political scandalous drama of you know, and I, I actually interviewed Brian Horn from Authority Alchemy, and he was like, "Oh my God, I'm taking two days off just to watch the whole." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow!" So I don't think I'm that diehard of a, you know, but I do love movies and I love film and I love, you know, shows that have good writing. And yeah. if they have bad acting, I'm I'm out. I can't I can't do it. It's like, it's like a podcaster that doesn't have good social skills. I just can't do it. I'm like I'm out of here. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've always been fascinated with the whole filmmaking process. You know, that's, I mean, that's why I went to school for it. So yeah. it's just even when I was a kid, like I, I was, I was a huge movie buff growing up. You know, I love movies, I love TV, but right. I, I didn't really think that I wanted to get into it because I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I just randomly found this brochure at uh, at college one day, and it was talking about the broadcast program that they had. Nice. And, and I tried it out for a semester and fell in love with it. So and is that your degree, broadcasting? My technical degree name is digital video broadcasting, but unfortunately that program does not uh, exist at PJC yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I was one of, I was cool one of the ones. It's a cool title because I would love to be like, yeah, I have a degree in digital whatever you just said. (laughs) (laughs) Like to me, I'm fascinated by the technology. And when you meet this guy, I told you I want to hook you up with, he, he, he'll talk a whole different language. Like I go into a studio and there's just, you know, a gazillion cameras and a, whatever I, I could name the stuff and you'd be like, Oh yeah, that's a TriCaster and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, Oh my God, like this is so intriguing to me, but I'm not that left brain or techie to where I just want to be on film. So right. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, so we do live shows and um, video and stuff. And, and it is very different than podcasting, I will say, because, you know, they're all broadcasters. So I, I am more of a sound snob. Like, I want to make sure. I do think podcasting, the audio does need to be clear. And the one thing I will say about James Altucher is that him and his wife will sometimes do the Ask Altucher show and they travel a lot. So they'll be like doing it. And they literally sound like they're in like a tin can or like a shoebox. I'm like, dude, what, what is the deal? I know he's got a ton of money. You know, he's got, um, what is it called? Syndicated for the James Altucher show. Right. But sometimes the, the quality of the audio, and that's another thing about podcasting. Like the audio is bad. I'm out. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's something that we've, we've aspired to do. Cause I, I remember the first few episodes we did, the audio was not, very good, but thankfully we gradually got more equipment and everything, and now we have a mixer with, you know, oh, nice. we have a Behringer mixer with, uh, I think I have six microphones. Sweet. Uh, all, all kind of, it's, it was stuff I've built over time. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we, we definitely went and got the higher-end microphones later on, like you said, you know, just kind of work it up. It's like a music, like I always correlate everything to music. I'm just like, ah, it's like a musician. You just, you start out with a crappy guitar and then you go, you move up to the Martin or, you know, the Les Paul. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just gradually get to it uh, over time. Um, One, one thing I wanted to ask you from a, a, like a podcasting standpoint, because our shows are kind of similar since they're both guest based. Yes. Um, Have there been times where you've had trouble getting a guest or you think, oh, well, I may not have a show this week because that that's happened to me a couple of times uh, yes. recently. I've definitely had trouble um, getting people that I've asked on the show. Like, and, and sometimes I'll, you know, it's hard because you don't really know them. I mean, it's very difficult when you're just cold asking and saying, you know, Hey, uh, this is my show, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was funny. Steve Sims, the guy that I said, I, I probably enjoyed the most. He was like, well, how can I resist with a title like that? So I think sometimes having a good title, <laughs> I was like, sweet, you know. Um, but yes, it is hard. And I do try to make sure I have like one or two in the can, um, you know, so I don't I don't get to that point where there's a week, which actually my husband has. He has a real estate podcast and he has gotten to that point where he didn't have an interview. And so he just did one by himself. He talked about a topic in real estate and um, he 
he would just kind of do. And he said, actually, that's a lot. And I've done that. I've done one where I just talked about, um, you know, a topic, a relational topic or something. And it was really hard to do by myself. I said so many ums and, you know, was pausing and going, uh, and I was like, oh my God, because it's so much easier when you have another person to interact with. Yeah, you definitely. Know, it takes the pressure off. And then I told my husband, I was like, wow, it's really hard to do a podcast by yourself. And he was like, I know. So yes, uh, to answer your question, I definitely have had trouble sometimes getting, you know, I would call a little more A-lister guests on the show. Um, and I don't have any problem, you know, I've, I've interviewed some friends of mine in Lakeland and put them on the show just because their story is so unique. So I'm not like a snob where I'm like, oh, I have to have like, you know, well-known people. Like I, I'm not right. like that at all. But um, when I do run out of, you know, shows like right now, I've got a couple in the can, but before I had a lot, um, I have done them by myself where I'll just talk about a topic, maybe a business topic or a an issue that maybe one of my clients is going through and I'll just kind of address it generally. So that's what I do. I don't know that I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you could talk about something like filmmaking or something that inspires, you know, or even ask people like, Hey, I, I don't have, you know, I don't have a guess. What, what do you want to hear on my show? You know, ask one of your listeners, like, yeah, what do you want to hear about? You know, I know for me, because I am a psychologist and I work in, with, you know, doing therapy and counseling and coaching a lot, people will say, well, what about relationships? And I think for me, because I've been married for 17 years, like people kind of want to know. So sometimes me and my husband will actually, he'll come on my show. That's another nice thing about being married. You can, and both being podcasters, you can have them on your show. And then I come on yeah. his state, which I don't know jack about real estate. I mean, I know a little bit because we do it as a side business as for investing. We have a couple houses, um, rental houses, but like, <laughs> I just... I, I'm really not passionate about real estate. So like when he brings me on there, I just start making jokes and we start laughing and we actually get really good feedback. I have people say, you know, people will tell him, man, I like, I like when your wife's on the show, like you guys bantering back and forth. It's kind of funny. So, you know, you might want to just get a friend and just banter about a topic like that's going on in the news or something. If you don't, I mean, that would be my suggestion for anyone listening that has a podcast that runs into that too. Yeah, and that's not a bad idea because even when I record my open, sometimes I'll pick one or two topics that I want to talk about. And doing a show with other people for so long, and then when you transition to also doing one by yourself, it's so it's completely different. It is. It is 100% different because you're waiting for that other person to give their opinion, and then you bounce what you're going to yeah. say off of what they say, and then you don't have that. So yeah. sometimes it's I'll just comfort. be – it's definitely a comfort. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes I'll be sitting there and I'll talk about something and then I'll pause for like 10 seconds. I'll be like, well, all right, let's do it again. <laughs> so. right, right. Oh, me too. I've totally done that. I've totally done that. Like, or I've actually recorded a whole thing by myself like with a topic and I, I won't air it. I'll be like, oh my God, that totally sucked. <laughs> so, like, but I would, I would definitely, if you're ever in that position – grab a friend, you know, maybe they've never, you know, it's kind of fun too when you have friends that never have podcasted. So, Hey, you want to come on the show? And they're like, yeah. So it's kind of cool to do that, you know, and give them the experience. Yeah. I and, may, I may uh, have to try that at some point. I mean, I, I like that idea. Yeah. It's a great, I mean, I've done it a few times, so it's fun. It's fun. To me, one of the, the more entertaining things is uh, like when I'm trying to get a guest and I say, you know, Hey, you know, I do this podcast and I'd love to have you on for an interview to talk about, you know, whatever three or four topics I say. And they, and their response is, what's a podcast? 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Then you have some problems. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just tell people it's like a radio talk show that's on the yeah, internet. Yeah, I say on-demand radio. Right. Yeah, right. That's, that's pretty much it. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you, uh, on your show descriptions, it always says Nick raps with so-and-so about whatever the topic is. Do you, yeah. actu- do you actually like rap? I do like rap. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. And I'll give you the quick version of the story of how I came up with rap with Nick. So I'm a, I am a closet writer and I do write music and whatever. And, um, you know, and me and my friends, like we'll, we'll make up raps and kind of joke around. And yes, I listen I listened to like the real old school, like run DMC nice, back nice. in the days when real rap was really happening. And so, and of course, you know, I, I like some of the newer stuff, you know, it's it's all right but i'm really old school you know dr dre and like run dm like all those guys yeah that, that's the best boys, rap music. yeah beastie boy all those guys are just like i mean me and my husband are like man it just didn't get better any better than that really so when i was um i was actually in a multi-level marketing company called it works and it, it's they sell body wraps <laughs> like i'm really thin so like the body wraps were to help you like lose weight and look firmer and toner so i i was really you know i'm a good uh, promoter and networker, but like I would try to sell these wraps, and they'd be like, "Well, what did you wrap?" You know, <laughs> like, you know, they're like, "You don't have any fat to wrap," and I, they're like, "How do you know it works?" And I'm like, "No, it really does. I've done it on my legs." And so um, one day I was just like, my my name for the company was Wrap uh, W R A P because that's what it was a wrap that we were selling with Nick, and so I, I actually looked up the word R A P wrap. And I was like, oh, wow, it means to orally tell a story and to, um, you know, it's been around for a long term, the actual term rap. Um, and I was like, wow, that's so cool, you know, and, and I want to rap with people. I want to, you know, talk with them and, and have them orally tell their story, you know, in podcasting. So I just, I don't know, it was weird. Just one day I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take that W off that rap and just write rap with Nick. And just, and I loved the name because Google, like it always shows up first thing. Nobody else has it. And second, whenever I tell people, they'll be like, oh, what company, like, who do you work for? And I'll be like, oh, rap with Nick, or I'll have a t-shirt that says rap with Nick. And they'll be like, what is that? And so I just kind of like the curiosity of it. You know, people don't know what it is. And, you know, it goes against all branding. (laughs) (laughs) law where it says you know make sure people know what it is when they hear your name or whatever and um so yeah i totally whatever but i i don't know it's stuck and i was just like you know what i'm rapping with you know Derek, and we're talking about this and we're talking about that and i don't know it just stuck with me and being a musician i was like you know i don't really care what people think this is what i'm going with (laughs) so it's worked (laughs) it's got a nice ring to it rap with nick i mean it it, it goes well yeah, I like to say it on the, I always say R.I.P. with N.I.C. So, you know, and then, but it's really funny. This does confuse people because I really do go by Nicole, like in, you know, real life. Right. I mean, like I live a fake life on <laughs> on radio. But, but um, so people will be like, Nicole, like if I'm interviewing someone, they'll be like, do I call you Nick or Nicole? Like, what do I, what do I call you? And so it's really funny. So sometimes I'll just say, oh, you know, you can call me Nicole. You can really call me either way. And right. then I just get other people that call me Nikki, which cracks me up because <laughs> it's not even in the uh, multiple choice there. But somehow it, it morphs into that. So I, I don't really care. I'm like, you can call me Nicole, Nick, whatever. But we're rapping. So, yes, I do like rap music to answer your question. Now, I mean, I, I like the old school rap, too. It's Love it. Eight, 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 80s music is what I grew up on. So <sighs> I loved. OK, you know what I miss with um, cable is 
VH1. I totally miss behind the scenes. They would go behind the scenes on a, you know, an artist and they dig up all the dirt on them and tell their story. And oh, the behind the music. Yeah, behind the music. Thank you. That was the name of it. Yeah, it was so good. I loved that show. And then they would make the 80s like the best of the 80s. Like VH1 would make the best of the 80s, the best of the 90s, and best of 2000. And we would watch them. And it was so cool to watch how the music really started sucking more in the 2000s. <laughs> like, yes. Like, yeah, you were like, no, you can, never, you can never redo the 80s or the 90s. You just can never do it. I don't care who you no. are. It's just to, never going to happen. To me, what, what I enjoyed about VH1 when they did the, like, I love the 80s and 90s yes, that's shows. Those yeah, were the best shows. Yeah. It, it made me feel kind of old because when the 90s came out, I'm like, I wonder how much of this I can actually remember. And, like, <laughs> nine, 90 and 91, I kind of remembered, you know, some of the stuff, but not all of it. But from 92 on, I remembered everything. And I'm yeah, like, Yeah, huh. no, me too. Me too. I, we didn't remember. We, we would, like, I would be like, is that, was that late in the 80s or was that early 90s? When was that? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, we would. But I loved those shows. Oh, my God. I, it's almost worth getting cable again, but it's not going to happen, so. I don't. I don't think VH1 ever released those on DVD. I don't which, think they did either. Which actually. is kind of unfortunate. It is because if, if they had it on net, can you imagine if they were like replaying it on net? That would be awesome. Oh, I, I would watch the mess out of that. So would I. I would literally be on it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and behind the music, that was. Oh one yeah. Of my- yeah. yeah, behind the music was great too. And then you know, you notice how MTV back in the you know in the day, well at least when I was, it was cool in the eighties and nineties, and then it just, man, I started watching it. Well, I remember Yo MTV Raps. I mean, I I watched that show like faithfully. So, um, and then I remember watching it two thousand, you know, in the two thousands, and I was like, MTV is horrid. Like it, it was almost like a Saturday Night Live, where the old ones were really good, and all the new ones started really sucking. Yeah, I remember when I was in high school when MTV like started to get away from the the music video the music, thing. Right, yeah, because right. they would only show music videos from like eleven a.m. to five p.m. or something yeah, like that, and then they would do. Yeah, I I didn't understand it. I don't either. But uh, one of the last things I wanted to ask you: um, Do you have any specific advice for people who might want to? Uh, start a podcast you know not necessarily one that would be similar to yours but just a podcast in general yes i am a huge actually locally advocate for podcasting in fact i'm speaking at a major conference in may in orlando about technology and how it's used to um, further people's business and further help people's lives and networking and, and i'm specifically talking about podcasting so i'm a huge proponent of podcasting and i think if anyone listening is interested in it, um, I would totally just reach out to anyone that you know that is doing it. Pick their brain, get the lowest end, you know, microphones and you know your your laptop. I mean, really, you need your microphone, your laptop, and uh, internet. Why, you know, internet. That's the three things you need to start a podcast. And um, the rest, get people to help you with the name and the artwork and you know, the, the format of it and just do it. I mean, even if it's just an outlet for you to be able to talk about something you're passionate about, I think people are really intimidated by it and there's no reason to be intimidated by it. Anybody can podcast. So I would just encourage anyone to get started. If you don't even know what it is, start listening to them. I mean, that's what I do tell people um, when I speak about it. Some people in the audience will say, well, you know, give me some good ones to listen to and I'll just ramble off, you know, what are you interested in? I'll ramble off ones. 
So uh, that's how I got into it is people would say, you know, people, other people started telling me, hey, have you listened to this one and have you listened to this one? And so I think that's probably the first step is listening to them. Listen to the Derek Diamond show, man. I mean, it's good stuff. Let's 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 not talk crazy here. <laughs> <laughs> or Nerd Cave. I mean, come or, on. Nerd or, Cave yeah. Network. Hello. Yeah. Um, so you know, start listening to them and then just don't be intimidated by it. It's really not as hard as everybody thinks. And get help. You know, people there's a lot of podcast communities on Facebook that I'm a member of and They'll help you with any questions you have, technical, and that, those are free. I mean, you can join those for free, you know? Yeah. And so they'll really encourage you. They'll, you know, and there's programs out there. You can pay money. You can pay 200 bucks to 1000 bucks. you know, to learn how to do it and have tutorials and videos. So there's so much out there. I just, my encouragement to someone listening is to just do it. Like, don't be afraid. Get support. Get help to help you with it and then just do it. And once you take off, I'm telling you, I promise you, you'll see it open up doors, you know, to so many things. Yeah, that, that, that I could not have said that any better myself. But uh, last thing, uh, how can people uh, find your show? Like, does it have a Facebook page or a Twitter page? I do have a Facebook page. Yeah, I got real, real-time, real men-only Facebook page. Uh, and, you know, it's really funny. I, I literally had gotten on Facebook, like, probably six months or eight months before I launched the podcast. So that was probably not a great thing because I didn't know anything about social media. I was really, you know, against it. I didn't know about Twitter. <laughs> so I am definitely not a techie person at all or, um, you know, I just didn't want to deal with it. But it's I'm definitely there on uh, on Facebook. And then Twitter, I am at Rap with Nick. So you can... Uh, I usually tweet out, you know, the shows pretty much every day. You'll hear different shows. I'll tweet out. And, um, yeah, definitely connect with me. I'm I'm really approachable. So anybody wants to chat, if they have questions, I've had people email me and say, hey, can you listen to my podcast? I I think I screwed up here. What do you think? And I'll I'll say, sure, you know, or um, I'm just, I real like I said, I'm a huge advocate of it. So definitely reach out to me and connect if if you're listening to this today. Fantastic. Well, Nicole, thank you very much for coming on the show. This was a blast. It was. I had so much fun, and I'm thinking me and you need to rap on Real Time Real Men Only. That's what we need to do. <laughs> hey, you just name the date, and I will do it. All right. I will set it up, Derek. Thank you so much for having me, though, on this show. I had, I had a blast, too. It was fun. Big thank you once again to Nicole Welch for that fantastic interview. It's always fun to talk with a fellow podcaster. And next week, we will be looking into the world of filmmaking with filmmaker Steve Kahn. So you'll definitely want to check out that one. And don't forget, you can check out all of our shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and NerdCaveNetwork.com. On Mondays, you have the Derek Diamond Experience. And don't forget, as I said in the open, tonight is the first ever live edition of the Nerd Cave podcast. And it's also episode 100. Go to twitch.tv and search for Nerd Cave Network, and you'll be able to watch it there. But if you can't make it to the live show, it will be uploaded as usual on Tuesdays. And then Wednesday, we have a special episode of Fist of Monkey with myself and my friend Robbie. And for those that know both of us personally, we tell a lot of funny personal stories, so you'll definitely want to check out that one. Thursday is the Pop Culture Palette, and this Friday we will have Time for Comics. And that's all I've got, so enjoy the rest of your week, have a safe and fun weekend, and we will see you guys next Monday, April 13th. 
been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.